I see making sales social as I think straight away of the actual sales process. The process of having conversations with people like one-on-one or one-to-many that creates a scenario, creates an environment, creates an experience that feels social, feels personal, feels inclusive, feels engaging in many different ways. Welcome to the Making Sales Social podcast, featuring the top voices in sales, marketing, and business. Join Bryn Tillman and me, Bob Woods, as we each bring you the best tips and strategies our guests are teaching their clients, so you can leverage them for your own virtual and social selling. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to Making Sales Social. I'm excited to be here with Divian Mystery, a marketing expert for professional brands who want to grow their business using proven, time-tested strategies. After starting his first business at age 14, he became known as the ticket master at university and has helped clients create six months of income within just three weeks tripled event ticket sales within 24 hours, and quadrupled event registrations within one month. He raised 5,000 euros for the Make-A-Wish Foundation at a charity event he hosted with keynote speaker Kevin Green from the TV show The Secret Millionaire. And he's been featured in two business books, Divian, welcome to Making Sales Social. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. I'm excited to talk with you. So the first question we ask all of our guests is, what does making sales social mean to you? That's a real, I, I love this question. I was, and I was thinking about this before we came on the podcast and I thought, well, my view on this is probably a little bit different to other people's view because I see making sales social as um, I think straight away of the actual sales process, the process of having conversations with people like one on one or one to many that creates a scenario, creates an environment, creates an experience that feels social, feels personal, feels inclusive, feels um, engaging in many different ways. And what I found is when I do that, and I and I make it all of them things, the actual sales process for me becomes really easy. The ask of a sale becomes really easy because of creating that um that 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 social feel before we even get to the point of the ask. So that's great. I love that. So so I'm excited to dive in to your expertise. One of the things that pulls me in is headache-free websites. So talk about what do most sales and marketing people go through from a headache perspective and how do you fix that? That's a that's a really good question, actually. So um, I think the main niche of people that we work with are people who are coaches and experts and who people have got personal brands. And the biggest challenge that they mainly have is two things. One, from a strategy point of view of using the right words to attract the right people at the right point of their journey so they can easily put their hand up and say hey i want to have a conversation because there are people ready and willing and able to spend money like today right and the second thing is the tech we take the headache of the tech away and that's kind of says what it does um but the biggest thing from a strategy point of view is that it's it's getting the the really the brand positioning right in in and the conversation right to do three main things really one 
is to talk to your ideal target audience in a way that speaks to them them using simple language. I absolutely detest <laughs> when people have these sentences of, I help this person do that without this, with that, and a pink sock. And you're like, well, it's just too detailed. Like, that's just, just too much. I can't handle to know whether I'm right. So we like nice and simple. Um, so it's really clear. And then we can have conversations that then lead to people buying from us. Um, and so that's probably the biggest thing. And then representing that in the words that your marketplace are likely to use, the word and, and your ideal clients. And your ideal clients are probably going to be like you. So the words you use are probably the words that they're using. And so if we inject that in, they get a taste of you as an individual. Uh, and then making sure when we build websites for people that it represents them as an individual as well, because you're really selling yourself as well as your service. So it should should have that feel of, of who you really are as well. That's so interesting because when we're teaching LinkedIn, we often say, don't talk about what you want to talk about, talk about what they want to consume. But you're saying that when you talk about what you want to talk about, you will engage the right people. So, yes. Yeah, so I think it's not so much of uh, the, 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 so let me create a distinction there because it's more about, um, so when I'm talking about uh, putting you into the, um, into the conversation, it's more about, um, you do want to talk about the things that they want to talk about. Definitely agree with that. I think it's the way you talk about it that needs to be, needs to share who you are as an individual. Um, and also that when I'm talking about the other bits, the look and the feel of the website needs to share who you are as a person. Because mm-hmm. let's say, for example, I have a website and it's like, you know, it's like all these bright colors. Well, that's going to attract a certain type of person and somebody else who has a very corporate looking website can do the exact same thing as you, but it's going to attract a completely different set of people just because of the way it looks and feels, right? And the word, the way we describe things will attract a different type of person as well. So it's more about using the words that um, your target audience, and and when I say the words, I don't mean like, you know, of course we want to have the conversation they're already having in their minds, but the words are more to do with the, the 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 little detail, the little things, right? You know, the way that the way I speak will will uh, attract a certain type of person, right? Um, It'll resonate. Target, yeah, would resonate with a certain type of person. But if I wanted to, do, you know, I'm in England, I, I live in England, and if I wanted to attract, you know, uh, an upper class person um, to do marketing for them. I would have to change the way I look and the way I talk because they're probably, you know, I don't talk like them is the truth. Like there's nothing, nothing shameful about that. I don't talk like them. So I need to change the way in which I have conversation. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I'd have to learn Queen's English and, you know, and talk like you said, like that um, to resonate with a different type of individual. So that's so, yeah. that, that, that's a really that's a really good observation and a good share. So thank you for that. I, I want to ask you a question around um, client generating websites, right? Because almost everyone at this point has some kind of download to collect an email, and then the email gets blasted with their newsletter once a month or once a week or whatever that is. What do you do to help convert 
that uh, opt in uh, better than other folks? Like what and and what? How should coaches be looking at these opt ins? From uh, yeah, I collected an email to oh, I started a conversation. That's I love this question. Right. So one of the things that people because lead magnets, the, you, you know. You, the free things you give away and become so popular and loads of people do it to grow their list. The problem is, is that when, when, when people share this, what, what they do is that they tend to use this strategy where they go, here's a checklist, right? People are, there's marketing experts out there putting this out there where they go, just create a checklist, something really simple and easy and just get them onto your list. And then when you get them onto your list, then you kind of market to them and try and convert them. Da, da, da. What I personally believe is there's so many of them out there. Like, let me ask you a question. If you've ever downloaded a checklist before, have you downloaded it and just completely never looked at it? Have you ever had that scenario where you've downloaded? Sure. Yeah. I mean, and I think I'll go back to it later. It's not intentional, but I don't have time right now. And it looks interesting. So I download it. I get an email that says, here it is. And I think, all right, I can come back to this, but I never really do. Not never, but I rarely do. Yeah, and the reason behind that is not because there's not some value in there. There'll be some value in there, right? But the reality is someone if someone is going to consume something, they're going to consume it because it really resonates with them and they're going and they needs to resonate it needs to be deeply resonating to them, right? So so if you just give me a checklist, great. Well, that helps me a little bit, but it it doesn't really help me. Like it's just the reminder list, right? I probably could realistically could have written that myself or found it somewhere else without even giving me use chat GPT. Exactly. And here's the thing. Looking to up your LinkedIn game? The social sales link team has you covered with our LinkedIn sales accelerator, a guided social selling program that includes training, coaching, and so much more. Visit socialsaleslink.com slash in for more details. Again, that's socialsaleslink.com slash in. Right? Is the, this is what people forget. When you ask for a name and email address, it's a transaction. Yes. I love that. It's not They're a monetary transaction. With their information. It's a transaction. So if you get, if I give you my name and email address, and you give, you give me a checklist, which is not, which is kind of maybe useful to me, well, I'm not going to consume it. But if you give me something that I really solves a big problem for me, and well, not even a big problem, even if it small, solves a small problem for me, it needs to solve a problem that's a genuine problem. A checklist doesn't solve a problem, right? A checklist doesn't solve a problem. Because even if I know what I need to do, and I've got, let's say I didn't know what to do, and I had this checklist, well, that's not going to start, that's not going to help me solve the problem of the thing, because now I know what I need to do, but I still don't know how to do it. Well, mm. It doesn't solve the problem, right? It, it just erases the awareness of the problem, but it doesn't actually, so my personal viewpoint is you need to add value. And and you need to add create an experience for people. And in this day and age, trust is at its lowest. And I think it's going to get lower and lower and lower and lower as years and years go by because uh, because the amount of rubbish that some people put out, not everybody, but some people put out, is sure. increasing. Um, we need to create experiences. So how do you do that? Well, one of the things I love doing is I love running webinars because when I run a webinar, I coach somebody live on the webinar. I then um, have people asking questions on the webinar. I'll unmute them, let them answer the question. I have lots of engagement and I don't do a hard sell at the end. Like I tell them up front that I'm not going to hard sell them. 
but there is an opportunity. And then I'll share that opportunity at the end. But it, it creates an experience. And I think the days of, you know, if you're going to create a download, I've got a download, which I believe we'll share at some point on this podcast. Sure. Like there's loads of information in there. It's not just this little drip. It's quite a lot of different information in there. So my personal viewpoint is you need to go deep. You need to go deep with that person, especially if you're selling a service like coaching or a done-for-you service. If you go deep and you share your wisdom, what will happen is they'll look at that and the right people will look at that and be like, this is is exactly the solution, but I don't want to do it on my own Mm -hmm. or I don't want to do it myself. Let me hire you, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's about the experience of that. And then in the email sequence, like, you need to give them an experience, right? You need to give them value. And value subjects, value can vary a lot. And I'll have a li- real quick dive into this because uh, I think about five years ago or something, Tony Robbins ran this, and Russell Brunson and Dean Grazio ran this massive webinar, biggest webinar ever in the world, with 260,000 registrants. And I was like, I'm not going to watch that. And then all these people on my Facebook newsfeed were like hating on him, like, oh, I didn't add any value. And there's one person who said something very profound. Every single person who bought and a load of the people who didn't buy absolutely loved what he shared and added it added loads of value to them. Why so? Because they and I went and scanned through the, re, the replay of the webinar and they just told story after story after story, but they didn't actually give anything actionable. The people who are hating on him on my newsfeed were marketers who wanted actionable stuff. The people who loved him and bought love the stories. And so we can sit and go, oh, you shouldn't tell stories. That's not the right strategy. You should give this. You shouldn't do that. But there's no right and wrong answer. It depends on your market and who you're talking to. I think you should do both. Give stories and actionable content. You don't want to give literally everything away. Mm-hmm. But you want to give it off that people who are savvy can go, right, I'm going to take that and use it. Because then if it works, they pay attention to you. And those who are got money in their pocket and they don't want to do themselves, they'll hire you to do it. And then there'll be a whole set of people who, let's be honest, there's a whole set of people who are never going to buy from you anyway. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. You know? It could be your advocates. They could spread your, your, your content. Uh, you know, I have people in my network that will say, my gosh, I've brought them so much value. They've never bought from me, but because they're engaging on my content, other people are attracted in that might. So yeah, I think that's 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 a great perspective for sure. I, I just want to drill down on one more thing around mm-hmm. the experience. So you've mentioned that a couple of times. How does someone create an experience? Brilliant, brilliant question. My personal favorite way of doing it is to have things that I do live as opposed to just having things that I don't do. Like mean, one way you can do that, for example. If somebody went and downloaded my lead magnet, there'll be an opportunity to book a conversation with me. And I don't sell people on that conversation, right? I don't go go on that conversation to go at the end and put them in the corner and, you know, elicit their values and try and sell and all that crazy stuff. I don't do that. That conversation is there. If you're ready to think about taking the next step, let's have a conversation. Let's identify what's not working. And then we'll have another conversation. And so that's an experience, right? And so in this day and age, and I've seen this so much, there's so many salespeople out there who put you into this corner and they they do this selling process that um, elicits your fears and increase the fear. And I have this theory, by the way, that you know there's these people putting all this fear out there. And then what they do is they donate a load of money to charity after they made a ton of money from putting all this fear out there. 
but the amount that they're giving to charity doesn't even remotely counteract the level of fear that they put into the world from their actions, mm. from the way they're selling. And so actually, when you think about this in a much bigger scale, they're actually doing more damage than good and they're convincing themselves they're doing good. So how do you do, how do you create an experience? You do something different to what everybody else is doing, right? Mm-hmm. So everybody in your market, and this is, there's no right, there's no specific answer. You've got to look at your marketplace and go, what's everybody doing in my marketplace? I would suggest don't go salesy because that's what, every, so many people do that salesy thing and so many people are like, like don't like it anymore. Mm-hmm. No one likes it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, no one wants to be sold. They might want to buy. That's a Jeffrey Gittimer uh, phrase. No one wants to be sold, but everyone likes to buy. So um, we want to be helped. We want to. We want someone to partner with us. But yeah, no one. That whole sales thing. I couldn't agree with you more. Um, this is great. So my last question to you is: What question didn't I ask that I should have? Oh, that's a good one. You didn't prepare me for this question. <laughs> it's always left field for folks. Yeah, I think um, what question did you not ask that you should have asked? Um, I think the question that's coming to my mind is what's the number one mistake that people make when trying to grow their go their business from a point of marketing? Mm-hmm. Is the question that I think um, is is quite poignant for this conversation. Um, so I'm guessing I need to answer that question now, right? <laughs> sure. I mean, and, and it doesn't have to be the only answer because apparently there's more than one, right? So just one example. So I think I think the number one mistake I've seen people make is they focus too much on, um, from a marketing point of view, on the tactics of 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 the right copy or the right this or the right tactic to get the sale. And they don't focus enough on building the relationship. Because what I've found is if you focus really deeply on building the relationship, I mean, when when people work with me, my closing question is, do you have any other questions? And literally, I think maybe one person ever has not said, how do I work with you? Like Ah. 90% of people said, how do I work with you? And I'm not saying 99% of them end up paying me. It's more like 80 to But they 90%. want to explore. You've earned the right. Exactly. You've earned the right to tell them how they can work with you. I love this. This has been a very eye-opening conversation, Divian. I very much enjoyed this. I know our listeners will have gotten a ton of value. And Divian has a book for you. If you go to 11strategies.com slash make sales social, uh, you'll be able to opt in. Uh, you can buy his ebook with your email. It's free financially, but I believe he's earned the right today for you to, to buy that with your email. So, and then you can see his process for me. I'm really excited to see what email do I get? What does it say? Cause I want to look at exactly your process. So go to 11 strategies all words, not number, 11strategies.com slash make sales social. Thank you so much for investing your time and sharing these golden nuggets with our network. So everyone, don't forget when you are out and about to make sure your sales are social. Thanks for listening and join us again for more special guest instructors bringing you marketing, sales training, and social selling strategies that will set you apart.
Don't forget to subscribe to get the latest episodes from the Making Sales Social podcast. Leave a review down below. Tell us what you think, what you learned, and what you want to hear from us next. You can also listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play. Visit our website, socialsaleslink.com, for more information.